Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. I have done it, he thought. I have killed Baalzaman, killed Shaitan. I have won the last battle. Light, I really am the Dragon Reborn, the breaker of nations, the breaker of the world. No, I will end the breaking, end the killing. I will make it end. He raised Kalendor above his head. Rand, chapter 55, The Dragon Reborn. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Dragon Reborn wrap-up. I'm here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my wonderful friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. I think that might be the chapter that I marked out all of my potential openings from as well. <laughs> there were just so many good moments. I almost wanted just to pick the one where it was like people chanting, Randall Thor, the dragon reborn, yeah. Randall Thor. <laughs> <laughs> just like shouting it over and over again. You're very good at imitating a crowd, just so oh, you thank know. thank you. If you're welcome. <laughs> I think one of the ones that I had was when Moraine was walking across the floor towards Bilal. Or maybe it was the one where he was, she was like, you must take Kalendor. You know, these chapters were difficult because there's so many, like, cut moments where it goes mm -hmm. from different characters. Once yes. we're here, then we're there. And about every character in the Stone of Tear at one point thinks that they have seen Rand and... <laughs> right! Did you, okay, were, did you just get to a point where you were like, really, guys? You really can't believe that that might be Rand? You really, really, really can't believe that that might be Rand? Really? Yeah, but I, I think the one with Matt was my favorite because he's, like, laughing Ugh. to himself, like, hey, like, <laughs> that... If I, if I would have... Taking a closer look, I could have swore that looked just like, just like Rand. And I'm like, oh, Matrim. Oh, Matrim. Matrim. Yeah. He's my favorite, surprisingly enough, in the chapters for this week, like starting out with chapter 52, where it's in search of a remedy. And mm -hmm. he, of course, of course, ends up with Tom at Mother Gwenna's house. And they have this fun, like, I'm not that sick, and Matt's like, shut up, Tom, and I love it. Mother Gwenna might be my favorite little minor character of this book. I yeah. would really enjoy seeing her in the TV show. because Me too. There's something about her demeanor, and mm -hmm. I feel like they've been kind of Coming from the show with, like, a strong female input. Mm hmm And I love the idea of this woman that kind of, at first glance, everyone thinks she might be a little bit bigger or softer or something like that. And then when mm -hmm. they get to see her up close, they're like, no, the woman's pure muscle. Like, she's known for grabbing men by their collars and forcing their heads in water buckets. Like, I just, mm -hmm. I love this woman. 
mm-hmm. and to come back after Igwein, Nynaeve, and Elaine have been captured, we get it from Matt's point of view, mm-hmm. and she's kind of entailing this same method on Tom. Like, Tom's, right. like, coughing up a lung, and he keeps <laughs> trying to stand up, and she's got, like, one arm just shoving him back in the chair, and he doesn't want to drink her potions that taste like dung and she's just like without a care in the world it's so easy just like sit back down old man yes (laughs) i i love when she says that sal stinks as bad as this tea tastes but you will rub it on thoroughly or i'll drag you upstairs like a scrawny carp in a net and tie you to a bed with that cloak of yours and i'm like yeah yes (laughs) and i think it's fun too because matt i mean the whole reason it gets to the point where Matt and Mother Gwena have this moment where they realize that they both know Egwene Nynaeve and Elaine is because Matt's like pondering her way of speech, her tiny yeah. way of speech. Mm-hmm. He had that run in with Swan Sanche earlier. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I know, I know how you speak. Like, it reminds me of someone. And she's like, well, the way that you talk reminds me of the women that were just here. And Mm -hmm. I think it would be fun in the television show to get another character that uses these fish metaphors and Mm -hmm. has this way of speech. Because it really, I think from a world building aspect, it's nice and it's fun. And it's not Mm -hmm. just a quirk of one character yeah because yeah if it's just one character that does it it's kind of like oh, okay like that's just swan being how she is but it's like no like this is a whole nation of people who act this way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i like that comment about world building because when you were talking about that i was thinking how it's also an opportunity to show wealthy versus the more impoverished people who live in the cities. So it's not just hanging out in like fancy palaces and whatnot. Like Matt's all super dainty about heading into the mall. He's like, oh my God, it's so muddy. I might just turn around and find someplace else. And it would just be fun to have that shown and like the people that are there and even with like how they're reacting to life around them like matt has that reaction to mother gwena and he's like i'm so tired of seeing people look like defeated and down like i feel like she could be mother gwena could be like the representative of the lower class. people yeah. yeah yeah like she can be our she can be our touch on that she's the perfect person to do it because she's a healer Right, you know, like the window she knows into this class of people from Tier that we really don't get a lot of. Yeah. I mean, as I guess, as our company is traveling in this episode, we do see people who aren't like high lords, but we yeah. don't spend a ton of time with anyone who's not innkeeper number one, innkeeper number right. two. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And those minor characters, we do have a thing for those minor characters. And I, this would be such an easy thing to add. It's just something that Robert Jordan does really well. I mean, really how well. often do we get pulled, you know, we get pulled over from these 
characters that just kind of feel like, oh, well, we probably won't see this person again. And then somehow, Mm -hmm. three books later, they become Mm -hmm. a much bigger role and they kind of tug at your heartstrings and Mm -hmm. you really appreciate them and love them and they take on life. And that's something that Robert Jordan did really well and it maybe even to a detriment because it Mm. almost feels like he has such an emotional connection to some of these characters he just couldn't let them go and Mm. then we get more chapter point of views for more people and this book is just expanding bigger and bigger and longer so yep he's good at it but detrimental (laughs) it can be a lot like I was talking with Aiden either yesterday or the day before because of course I'm so excited about moving on to the shadow rising it was my favorite book when i was younger i'm i know i've read it like recently ish within the last two years at least but i feel like i was kind of still racing through it because i wanted to get to the end like i usually do but i was telling him that this is this is where we start to split 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 with characters locations cultures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like so much is going to come flying at us. And I'm like, but I'm barely holding on to everyone from this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mind. It's a lot. It's, a it's, lot. it's yeah. fun, though. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of things in this little chapter that are important. Yep. I mean, I do. Okay, before I get into something with Matt, I wanted to talk about Mother Gwena's words on how these girls were taken because at first Matt is like oh like some Aes Sedai came and got him like oh, yeah okay like whoo that was close I'm sure they're fine I'm sure they're fine and Mother Gwena is like no like no nope. they fought like caged animals mm-hmm. and that's when Matt is kind of like uh-oh uh-oh and you know is it the dice rattling in his head and is it this is it that and he's just like oh oh like this isn't good this is not good and focusing on mother Gwenna again like she's very hesitant to tell Mm -hmm. matt what happened Mm -hmm. and i want to go back to that last chapter that she was in where her and Nynaeve kind of made eye contact as the black aja was kidnapping them where Nynaeve was like, Mother Gwena is embarrassed. She's sullen. She She's... She's defeated. Yeah, is totally defeated and sees, yeah. like, this is a new low that she didn't think that she was possible of going. Yeah. And now, despite the consequences, what could happen for Mother Gwena giving Matrim this information defiantly, yep. you know, she, she gives it to him. And... Mm-hmm. Just want to, you know, pour it out for Mother Gwena. Great yeah. little character. Goodbye. <laughs> it was great. I'm, I'm with you on that. I really, like, she lists out what would have happened to her. Like, if one of the High Lords or anybody found out that she had, like, spoken out like this after she had said that she wouldn't. And she's like, she says, do you know what will happen to me if I do... If I do and you breathe my name, I will lose my tongue to begin. Then I will lose other parts before the High Lords have what is left of me hung up to scream its last hours as a reminder to others to obey. And I'm like, I think in the past I've always kind of 
just slid past all these references to torture that the high lords really seem to be into but like the further i was getting into the chapters i was like oh my god the high lords of tear are terrible they oh, are yeah. terrible yeah like that is that is rule by fear definition like oh my gosh and so like even though she knows that she knows it like she sees something in matt and she's like you know what okay okay i'm gonna tell you yeah, like she's a strong Gwena. woman. Fuck yeah, she is. And a healer. And... No nonsense. No nonsense. And before we wrap this chapter up, Matt leaves Tom in her company. He's <laughs> like, Tom, you're not coming. Like, the things that I have got to do cannot be done with this you hacking sick coughing coughing man <laughs> giving away my location when i'm supposed to be sneaking into the stone of tear so yeah. he even says something like as he's leaving like well it was nice knowing you and then as he's right? walking out the door he's like oh man i probably shouldn't have said that <laughs> right he's like i don't know why i'm worried mother gwen is gonna take care of him and it's like he barely he barely touches on the fact that he may not survive this trip well, like, oh, Matt. I almost read that as like Matt's nature of not ever seeing himself as a hero. So he would rather focus on I maybe not that. Tom is going to survive. Like, he'd rather not focus on him going off to do this heroic deed that could kill him. He'll be like, no, like, Tom might not make it because he's an old coughing man. Well, better, like, focus on something else. I'm not the <laughs> hero. I'm not coming to sacrifice myself. Oh, Matt. I love that interpretation. I love that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You know, because if I need any more reasons. To make Matt like one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Keep laying it out there. Keep laying it out there. Love yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I feel as... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, actually, just real quick, because this was something that I wrote down last night. It, co- it goes back kind of actually, unfortunately, to the beginning of the chapter. I'm sorry, but it, it's kind of all Matt encompassing and touches on the TV show as well. So one of the decisions made in the TV show that I struggled with was the... Cawthon family being shown the way that the Cawthon family was mm-hmm, yeah but then like I think we kind of came to the agreement that you know this is character building on like speed basically to get the kind of person who Matt is and I think they kind of have to especially in the tv show because here we're like in the book like Matt kind of cares about everyone to unhealthy extents like to the point where he may die because he jumps into it and if we didn't have that like quickly added into the beginning of the tv show i think it would have made his character even more difficult to connect to like who's matt why does he belong with the everyone else kind of thing so just like his level of empathy and concern and also complete disregard for ever wanting to be a hero. He's like, that's not me. That's not me. I deny my true self all the time. I'm like, Matt, you're way better than you give yourself credit for. You're also a scoundrel. So there's that on top of it. Yeah, I will say that despite everything that you're saying, I'm agreeing mm-hmm. with, he mm-hmm. does feel different. Mm. He's definitely not book Matt. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. not a good or bad thing. It depends mm-hmm. on, I guess, what you want out of the character. So when that isn't lining up with how you feel it should be, of course you're going to be disappointed. But at the same time, you got to keep things fresh, get everyone in a position on mm-hmm. the chessboard to start out that way you're not wasting all your moves doing yeah setup later on yeah. yeah and so i think like i think i'm more comfortable with that tv adaptation than i was before and i'm i'm kind of happy about that there are actually several moments in the last few chapters where i was like i want to see that on the tv show i want to see that on the tv show i want to see that on the tv show <laughs> Well, I mean, the majority of the fun parts of this book are all here in the last few chapters. And yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I thought these were really great chapters, but it does mm-hmm. tend to follow Robert Jordan's kind of like setup, 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 build up, exposition, and then boom, crash, bang, ending. And sometimes. It makes it hard when you're looking at these giant books and mm-hmm. you might you might be like, okay, well, I just got to get through, you know, these first 50 chapters and then I'm sure mm-hmm. to have, you know, this big <laughs> ending. Five so, good chapters at the end. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, there is something, I guess, endearing about that, maybe comforting about that when you know, like, yeah. at the end you're probably going to get something really fun. Now, yeah. did, I, I don't want to bash the ending of this book because I quite like it, <laughs> but I will say okay. this big ending is a little bit lacking compared to some of the others. It is. You know what? I was going to say the same thing, and I was almost, like, I was almost not going to, too. Because, like, in my head, the ending was so much bigger. And I was like, maybe that all happens at the beginning of The Shadow Rising. Well, I think the issue is that it's each chapter is split up with different point of views. So right when one character is having a bit of, like, a climatic point, it switches. Mm -hmm. And you're left, like, ugh. And then you got to go to the next. So it feels like many short little chapters as opposed to, like, this big culmination of Ooh, yeah. an ending. Yeah. Do you think it would have been better had it all been, like, l- like lumped? Like, if we didn't get, like, little pieces of, of it broken off in between different things? In this case, I don't know, because some of the moments from other characters, like, their parts are fairly small like this Mm -hmm. next chapter is mostly a parent chapter Mm -hmm. and it feels like a lot of setup where I'm like I don't even know if I would have really included some of this I probably would have liked to see more of Matt's journey Mm -hmm. through the Stone of Tear and had Mm -hmm. more of like spend more time him fighting this high lord maybe because that was really cool i think i would have rather if they had given us a moraine point of view well that was one of my questions coming (laughs) into this today because i was like man 
of all of these character point of views, you know who would have mm-hmm. been a really good one who is missing? Lan. Moraine. Oh, Lan! <gasps> because Moraine shows up right at the nick of time, right? Of course and she does. Yeah, yeah. How did she get there? Yeah. I mean, you know Lan would have had to, like, cut his way through. Oh, for sure. I mean, the Aiel are, I mean, just yep. mopping the floor with the guard. <laughs> I mean, I think they take 10 times as many prisoners as maybe I, I would even bump it up to like 20 times because like at the end, it's like 10 Aiel. Yeah, I think Matt may have said like what the number breakdown had been. Like there were 200. Let me see if I if I underlined it. There were nearly 200 Aiel in the stone. They had lost a third of their number in the fight, but they had killed or captured 10 times as many defenders. Okay. So, so yeah. fuck then, yeah, Eel. Right, oh. but like, how much fun <laughs> would it have been to see through Lan's eyes as he's oh, like, yeah. I mean, this is a massive, <gasps> massive fight. And how much fun would it have been for Lan to be witnessing what's happening yes. with the Aiel as he's cutting away through the stone to get Moraine to Rand? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it. Oh gosh, it would have been even more fun because the Aiel know know Lan. Yeah, like they know him. Right, and I so mean, like, there's no way that they would have stopped to like fight him or bar his way in any way. They'd probably just be like, "All right, see ya, man." Right, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, they probably just would have been like, "Oh, we know this guy. Let him through." Like, yeah, they might have even been able to like kind of aid them. Right, in, right, in that right. respect. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean... A land POV would have been really good. Yeah, it, this, this series, it just... It lacks... It lacks some land up until, like, the later books. And he's such a fun point of view. Which yes. is probably why New Spring is so much fun. Because it's like, oh, okay. Lots of land point of views. And all of yes. the flowery fight descriptions that come with him. His chapters are still my favorite in New Spring. Like, it's so funny. That's one. Of, that's the only book in my Wheel of Time collection I won't loan out to somebody as my New Spring copy. I'm like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> not one greasy thumbprint, unless it's mine. You unless know, it's I'm. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, like, that one stays at home. I mean, and of course, like the one that I'm reading. But even then, I have copies of everything like on my Kindle. Yeah. yeah. Let's move to chapter 53, A Flow of the Spirit. Now, this is mainly the Fayil getting trapped in Teleron Riod. Yes. Chapter. And again, like we're starting out in an inn. And I mean, it's... It's almost comical written on the page, but when I like stop and take a moment to really think about how creepy it would be for Fayil to cut in front of Moraine ready to go inside of a room and just drop like a brick Ooh, and yeah. Moraine freaking out like, yeah, no one move. Don't come any closer. And mm-hmm. I think there's something really frightening about this out of many of the capture scenes Mm -hmm. i think the idea of being 
completely unable to defend yourself. Like you're just stuck there. Your body is completely defenseless. So it's pretty creepy. And Mm -hmm. I have to wonder how competent Bilal is because he set this trap for Moraine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm assuming that he felt, you know, a tingle of the one power because later on he's like, sees Moraine. He's like, I thought I had taken care of you. Yeah. But, yeah. So he knows that his hedgehog trap has worked. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I probably shouldn't say hedgehog trap because <laughs> people I might mean... think I mean a literal hedgehog trap and that would be kind of weird. Uh, his hedgehog sleeping <laughs> Tarangriol worked on Fael. So <laughs> why didn't Bilal just leave a dark friend assassin somewhere in that town to just come and kill? Like take out. Well, Warren? maybe he thought. Maybe he thought the uh, the Black Aja were competent. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Maybe I know that, we've talked that was about his assassin crew. Yeah, I know we've talked about more competent channelers, but again, would have been a good opportunity for this to go down and then someone comes out of a hallway and Moraine has to channel to protect herself or Lan gets into a fight. Like give something to do to Lan. Yeah. Yeah. Or Moraine. I don't know. It it would be nice. It would be nice. There, is there... I'm just trying to think of things that would, like, amp up these chapters. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Christian said something about, like, a point of view from, like, Rurark or something. Like... Yeah. And I love yeah. that idea. Like... Do you mean a point of view for him in the books or on the show? Uh-huh. In, the in, in the book. Yeah, like to add to like the end of this, if we gave like a first POV of an Aiel approaching the Stone of Tear, who knows, who knows he's leading the people of the dragon to fulfill prophecy. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, when I think about adapting this for television, it'll be great. And it'll be better, I think, than the books because we will get to see this rush of the Aiel fighting their way through the Stone of Tear and, you know, corridors being filled, just a stream of people fighting their way through it. And all the while, Matt making his way through, Lan fighting his way through. Right. And obviously Rand. Yeah. There are so many there are so many places where this could have been made a bit more exciting than what it was. And there's also I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but there's also later on like kind of a like an overlap bad guy moment with I think the end of Fires of Heaven. Is Fires of Heaven with Ravine or is that End of the Shadow Rising? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Either way, I think the shadow rise, the shadow rising. I think the end is. Oh, sh- Christian says Ravine is fires of heaven. Thank you, Christian. Where are you at? Talking to him on uh, the the voice channel chat in our. Oh, okay. I was looking at the other one. Ha <laughs> ha. Cool. 
Thank you, Christian. You're right. Yeah, but so what they what they do for like this one battle at the end of this one is have like kind of like a a big bad battle inside Teleronrio. It's like the majority of the damage doesn't really happen in the real world, which is really convenient. That's rad. I like that. Mm-hmm. But like he does it again in that chapter too. I mean, maybe it's done in several places and maybe that just makes it an additional battlefront to mm-hmm. take into consideration. But it just felt so similar that I was like, I've seen this. And I mean, of course, (laughs) I've seen it because I've already read ahead. If you were reading this the first time, this would be your first time seeing this type of battle. But I was like, this just feels so familiar. I don't mind. I think it's really fun. I'm really excited to just see this battle on screen because Mm -hmm. so far... Mostly everything has been outdoors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get that, like, tight quarters mm-hmm. fighting. I think that, and this is, you know, this is me with all the experience in the world that I have with set, <laughs> like, decorations and whatnot and, like, putting things together. Maybe the Stone of Tear, like, the the heart of the stone and everything because it's like a combination of rough and finished if you will like maybe it won't be such an elaborate set that it like will be painful to destroy as they go along although that doesn't really seem to have bothered them too much with other things but you know like I just keep trying to think of ways where I'm like you have no excuse not to do this if I can think of a way to do it you guys can think of a way to do it like (laughs) I want to see it <laughs> yeah. Christian says Ooh. we're to think we will see Kalendor this season. Do you think we will? <sighs> I think I don't know if we'll get to the Stone of Tear this season. You don't think so? Mm. I know this is this is one where I'm very indecisive. I almost think that they will set it up to the point where well, you know what? Here's the thing. They could definitely show it, right? And he yeah. said oh, yeah. Yeah, he said, Rafe said season three is mainly focused on the Shadow Rising. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that they will leave this battle for, like, the beginning of season three and not the ending of season two? Or does it mean that we just don't get a Stone of Tear and they kind of combine it with Falma? I, okay, I think if they wrapped this up, like if they wrapped up season two with the end of the Shadow Rising, pretty much exactly how it is, really, because like you said, it's a, it's a bit lackluster, like it could be better. You mean the Dragon Reborn? Oh, yes, I'm sorry, yes, at the, at the end of the Dragon Reborn, because we do have like a big, kind of a big opening to the shadow rising like there are a lot of crazy things that happen really early in that book that i think even if you had ended it here you would still have like here at the end of the dragon reborn you would still have a really compelling opening to draw people in for the next season i think does that make sense kind of but do you really think that people that haven't read the books 
will be expecting something like that. I mean, the, these people won't be expecting anything. They'll have a clue, I guess, considering mm-hmm. like where they leave things off in the previous episode. I'm just wondering, I guess, yeah, you, we could do like a lot of very fast travel and time jumps where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. obviously they've been on the road for a while. We get Battle of Falma mid-season. Season two, mm-hmm. everyone meeting at the Stone of Tear, episode eight, and they mm-hmm. could either go with it and do the battle, mm-hmm. or they could leave that for episode one, season three, and then we do like a, here's what happened last season, <laughs> I guess. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know how they're going to fit it all into season two and it not Mm -hmm. feel rushed Mm -hmm. but just because he said season three is mostly all the shadow rising that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's confirmed we will get seasons season two will be made up of Mm -hmm. all book two Mm -hmm. and three yeah yeah I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they choose to keep in and what they choose to alter and take out. Because I mean, we already know that there are going to be several alterations that have to happen just based on where the first season ended up. Unless they really, really lean on the ways, which I don't think is a good idea because then it's just ridiculous that they're attacked by Machin Chin and every time it's totally fine after that uh-huh. but i mean think about the places on the map that they travel to in the great hunt we're in we start off in the borderlands yep in shinar in shinar we go all the way to kyrian mm-hmm. we are at the white tower uh-huh. yeah I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of travel in the second book. So unless, like, everyone gets to Falma Mm mid-season, which they could do it, I mean, that's fine, I guess. Maybe we need to get a big cork board and see what it would look like. Like, we'll just start scratching notes out. Like, this is what we would put here, this is what we would put here, and just, like, keep moving it around, and Tracy and Amber right season two we love time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well you know what something in this uh, in this part of the books made me think about rand the blade master but mm-hmm. we can definitely i'll hold off on that because that's in a chapter ahead but let's i kind of want to focus on sure. This chapter where Moraine is saying, you know, that Bilal is having nightmares and doesn't shield his dreams. And I'm like, wait, what? Again, like, mm-hmm. not quite sure how she knows mm-hmm. all this information about Bilal. She's magic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to hand wave that. But... <laughs> I do think that it's nice to kind of finally reach a point in the Perrin-Fail dynamic where 
Yeah. It's going somewhere, and it's not just them calling each other. Names? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm done with the schoolyard. Like, does he like me? Does he not like me? Right, Like, I'm so over that. It is not fun to read. Not fun to watch. Didn't like it in the show. Don't like it in the books. So. I I do have to say, like, I know we had kind of talked about this before with, like, Perrin season two really hoping that there isn't a love interest for him, that Fayil isn't actually introduced in the third season or in the second season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, I think if they introduced Fayil in a very similar manner as they do in the books just later on that it actually has the power to be a really compelling story and something that we can get behind even after what's happened with his first wife. Like, Well, if they don't try and make their any... Okay, if they forego any flirting, it could work. Like, yes. if they bring her in and she's just this female hero of the Mm -hmm. horn wanting Mm -hmm. to fight wanting to tag along and everyone kind of being like okay but Mm -hmm. you have to do what you're told by Moraine and Mm -hmm. like keep your head down follow Mm -hmm. us catch like Mm -hmm. catch up and don't drag us behind Fyle's intuition is spot on she's like I think a weird group like you would probably leave me lead me to the Horn of Valir, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so right. They can and will, because, you know, they know. Christian says, or just have her be in the two rivers already with Luke. Oh, God, mm-hmm. I hope Lord Luke is cut, this guy. Agreed. Man. Can live without that. It's... <laughs> or, or, he, or he goes down at the Battle of Emmons Field or something. Like, just make yeah. quick work with him. I'm totally okay with that. I just mm-hmm. don't care for that storyline. It goes on far too long. I was just kind of thinking about Fayil introduction. It could possibly work if it happened in tier, Like, before. I don't know. Like, maybe in, like, the lead-up of the early part of the season, maybe Perrin is actually working in a smithy because it's his mental health right, self-care right. thing. And, like... It's his emo- emotional support job. Anvil. <laughs> this is my emotional support hammer. <laughs> I take it everywhere with me. <laughs> Do you have a license for your emotional support hammer? (laughs) Sir, you cannot bring your emotional support hammer on the plane. (laughs) We've lost Tracy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's so funny. And I really shouldn't laugh because, I mean, emotional support is really, really important. But this is funny. This is funny. 
hopefully we haven't like offended anyone. But I do think like introducing her later still allows her to be like part of the story without rushing an unnecessary love interest into the TV show. Like I really want this to not always be like every burgeoning encounter becomes a, a romance. You know, like I don't want that. It's played out. I mean, yeah, like it's, it is fine. We can have groups of people. People can join groups. It doesn't have to be because they're sexually attracted to someone. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I am concerned though with how believable it will be to introduce Fayil into the group considering Moraine's style i guess like i almost just picture moraine being like no bye but they're gonna have to really amp up how dire it would be for them to be caught and they need to show fayil as being trustworthy so that moraine is like okay you can come because it's safer for you to be with us than to be out on your own knowing about the group that we are yeah yeah you know it might even be cool if she could be like the second the second gal to sneak up on lan or something somehow you know how naive like (laughs) sneaks up on him when he's like checking out moraine oh no lan is getting more and more pathetic as we go on (laughs) (laughs) or the girls are just getting cooler yeah more more adept but i mean that would be a good way of doing it instead of it being like oh i saw this guy with broad shoulders and golden eyes and was like i wonder where that guy's going instead of it being her like you guys are weird and she drops they could have her end up kind of like following them from afar And, like, actually rescuing them in a situation where Lan is pretty much the only one fighting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, have her come in and slit somebody's throat while Lan is too busy fighting someone else. Yes. That would be a good way to ingratiate her to Moraine. Maybe she could save Moraine's life. I don't know. Dear Amazon Prime. Your writers really need us, just so you know. Just so you know. We would come up with the best ideas, because we do. I love that. I love that so much. Like, I just want it, I just don't want it to be all about, like, the, oh, we're in love. Like, I don't, I don't want this to be soft. I want this to be realistic and gritty and heart-catching. And I actually really like Fayil. And I would love it if they, like, took the 1990s file that Robert Jordan wrote and made her a 2022, 23, 24, whatever file that like really resonates with a lot of female fantasy viewers because we just don't get enough characters like her. Yeah, that's true. And file, she doesn't have a superpower. She can't channel. She can't, you know... Nope. She's not a she's not a Ludra. She doesn't have a shtick, you know. She can't play with fireworks or whatever. Mm-mm. She's just kind of this tough young woman who mm-hmm. ran away from home. Yep. Trying to live her own life and do her own yeah. thing. And 
it could be fun to play around with that a little bit and make it less about flirtations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that would be really fun. I like to see that kind of relationship building, like character development that is focused on things that take practice and observance and intelligence and whatnot. I feel like Fayette, like she loves to throw her daggers around. That takes practice. You know, she was probably like some eight-year-old kid and was like, you know what I want to do, dad? I want to throw daggers. (laughs) Right? Right? And I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We've got, I'm, I'm trying not to compare her to other characters, but I'm just thinking like, Min kind of has her own thing with daggers at some Mm -hmm. point, so I don't know. Oh, that's true. That's true. It does seem to be a very ladylike kind of weapon, if that makes sense. Like, it's discreet. Right. Right. And you can, you don't have to have people close to you. Like, if you can keep someone away from you at a distance, that seems pretty handy when you're probably going to be smaller than your attacker. So, right. I, Completely forgot about Min and her daggers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's plenty of weapons in the world, so. Right? Just <laughs> a couple. Mean... Just one or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I love, I love our new writing for Fayil. I love this. I, I'm, I'm enjoying you know, her more as we talk I about know. her. I, I, I think that one of the best things about, like, getting to talk with you about the series is it's like, I get to talk about the things I love, I get to talk about the things that I don't love, and I get to, like, collaborate with you on how it would be so much cooler if we wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people listening are probably going to think we are so, like, <laughs> into ourselves. <laughs> nah, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I'm sure other people wouldn't love that. And this is that's part of like doing things like this. Like I don't love everything that's being done with the Wheel of Time TV show. I still like it. You know. Oh, hi Lord Tatara. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> so let's see. I want to move back to this chapter. I think yeah. it leaves off with Moraine and Lan leaving for the Stone of Tear. Yep. And Perrin being like, F that, I'm going into the wolf dream, I'm getting Fael, and Loyal being like Yes. Yes. Do you Sorry. Do, do you know do you want to say what he says? <laughs> no, I want you to say it because I can't. Okay, I don't know the exact words, but Oh no, that's fine. Loyal pretty much says like no one no one will be hurting Perrin in this Mm-mm. state of sleep while Loyal's mm-hmm. on watch and we get to see this ferocious side of Loyal that gives me goosebumps every time. <laughs> I actually, you know what? I just looked down and I happened to be right on the page where that moment happens. Uh, Loyal raised those huge hands that held books so carefully and his thick fingers curled as if to crush stone. None will pass me while I live, Perrin, not Murdral or the Dark One himself. He said it like a simple statement of fact. Oof! Yeah. So good. So good. (sighs) Sorry. 
That part does give me goof- goosebumps. I'm so glad that like we didn't <laughs> gives you have goof- that. <laughs> gives you goof bumps. It's. <laughs> So let's see. I don't I know if that. there's too much in this chapter. Oh, just the ending of that one where he ends up becoming a wolf in the wolf dream and him and Hopper are off like noses to the wind. The two wolves ran across the plane seeking the falcon. Mm-hmm. Good chapter wrap up. Mm-hmm. Like that last line, uh, everything. And I'm like flipping straight to the next one. So also, good. Something I really yeah. loved about this chapter is Bear Lane is mentioned oh here by, for the first time. And it's uh-huh. saying that she had submitted to the High Lords of Tear, which is like one right. of the things that Moraine and Lan are considering to be a sign that Rand has made it yep. to mm-hmm. Tear, because this mm-hmm. is just completely bonkers that barely would ever do this yeah i can't remember if it's lan or moraine who says something along the lines of like i don't think the high lords were able to bring themselves to torture her and that young lady has the will of blah 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 something that's yeah unbreakable yeah when i read that part i got kind of like shivers too because i'm like oh like it's Honestly, how much cooler is Bear Lane in that context versus mm-hmm. the seductress? Because oh my god, wah wah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm I definitely have been reading Bear Lane differently since we have spent more time talking about her, and I'm really eager to get to the places that have more of her in it because she does do both. And I'm like, how am I going to feel about it? How is this going to play out? Like, I really like this mention of her. And then we have her for a minute later on, and she's, like, basically undressing Varark with her eyes. Like, why? Why? Was she? (laughs) I thought that, like, she didn't she say, like, I want to have a meal with you later, so be expecting that. I just thought as, like, her being curious about him the way that it says that she like looked him up and down is kind of what gives me the feeling that she's attempting to use the seductress ploy first because she doesn't know how to play Rourke yet that's how I read it yeah yeah that could be I mean that's basically her approach with everyone else you know like when she wants to get someone's attention the first tool she uses is her sexuality I'm not against that. It's it's just kind of like okay. No, I know what you're saying. Work. I know what you're saying, but I didn't see it as her really being sexually into Ruark. I just mm. saw it as her being genuinely interested in his story and the the story of the Aiel and what's going on here, and she mm-hmm. just her natural way of getting information would probably be to flirt so like i didn't see her as like actually being into him but maybe she is i don't know (laughs) yeah and i mean i think if we look at bear lane as a woman with strong sexual appetites which i believe is how we're supposed to be viewing her i think 
I don't want to say anyone is fair game because that sounds like way smarmier than I mean it to be. But I think uh, she has a she has a a varied palette and probably like a I don't know. I'm all for having like a very sex positive bear lane. Yes, there you go. That's what I, that's what I think. Like it's not necessarily like she's. It's just part of who she is, you know? And I, yeah, I don't mind it about her as much as my conservative 16-year-old self did. <laughs> it's far more fun reading her like this than being like, oh, Berlaine. Ugh, why? I think, I don't know. There's something about her where... It's just that idea of, you know, later on in the books... The ideal really mm-hmm. being quite fond of her. Yes. That makes me think that almost all of this flirtation from her is pretty much just a ruse. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she really wants to sleep with everyone. I mm-hmm. think she wants information and she wants to know where she stands with everyone and just up until you know the end of the books like that just works for her with everyone except for Artaviran like she can flirt with people and get what she wants as term as far as information and secrets and access and status goes maybe mm-hmm. just like a casual flirtation could be interpreted as becoming maybe like disarming to some people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so like it's just her way of navigating things but I don't think she's actually having sex with everyone you know what I mean no absolutely I think that's exactly what I was trying to like sum up so yeah I had an idea though while you were talking about that too as like a defense mechanism it is easier for Bear Lane to be seen as the person people expect her to be, and then they think that she's like a floozy person who's yeah, yeah, like they don't necessarily recognize her intelligence underneath everything, and so this right. is just her way of being like, "This is what you expect to see from me. This is what I will give you, and then I will still get what I want." So, so yeah, yeah, I think that adds to what you were saying and I agree with you okay let's move to the next chapter because we're an hour in so oh my gosh yeah yeah we've got three more chapters to go so so dumb okay (laughs) (laughs) if you like what you hear rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast this helps new listeners find the show this podcast is brought to you by you if you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on The Road to Tarvalin. We finally go to Matt's point of view and he's at the Stone of Tear. We have made it. Hurrah. And he's kind of like studying it from afar and checking out the rooftops and yep. mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, this is this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to get in there. 
and he's got his quarter staff and a bundle of fireworks, and he's all ready to go. <laughs> and a tiny tin box with a coal in it that he's really carefully trying to travel around with and not burn himself with. It's so good. It's that getting it's warmer and warmer, this box right. that he's holding. <laughs> I just, this kid, man. <sighs> but uh. I think this is probably the moment of the books that I always remember like it's so yeah visceral like I can I can see it I can feel it like I I can see the rooftops and I can see these shadowy figures kind of leaping Mm -hmm. from one to the next and Mm -hmm. it's just really cool it's Mm -hmm. it's something that stuck with me since the very first time that I read it and I love this is that. Only the second time that I've ever read this chapter. So Yeah? Yeah, a lot of chapters I kind of go back to just ones that I like and this is a it's a fine chapter, but I just haven't went back to it for any reason and now rereading it. It's kind of like, "Oh yeah, like I remember this like it was yesterday." <laughs> Mad on the rooftops. <laughs> I love that. I love that when he's like standing and staring at the the wall, <laughs> suddenly there was steel across his throat, and without thinking, he knocked it away and swept the man's feet out from under him with his staff. Matt, just that's so cool. That's so cool. Like just, oh, you have a blade at my throat. I will take you down with my quarterstaff. I take think too. I mean, we see later on he actually does end up having some trouble with someone who's attempting to fight him. Uh Uh-huh. So it just makes all of these people that he's come into contact with beforehand total schmucks. Because later on, he's fighting some other guy. I don't know. Another High Lord of Tyr, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten the name. But... He bested Gal- Galad and Gawain mm-hmm. two to mm-hmm. one, which is like, uh-huh. I mean, Galad is supposed to be like a very excellent swordsman, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And this person was a nobody, clearly, mm-hmm. you know? And then later on, he actually has trouble with one of these high lords. So like... I'm wondering now about how competent Galad and Gawain actually are because mm-hmm. he was fighting them two to one and he was sick. Right. So he apparently like, this... Go ahead. Sorry. I was No, all I was going to say was like he had just been healed like what, a day and a half ago? Maybe two tops? And he's yeah. like eating everything in sight because he's so weak and hungry. And here he's like, oh, you two healthy young men who've been, like, practicing the sword for who knows how many years. Your yeah, whole sure life. got this. Yeah. Hand me a quarter staff, bitches. <laughs> the only way that I can have that make sense is, like, maybe the ass whooping that Matt gave Galad and Gawain was so bad that they made it their life's work to make sure that they became even better at the sword because... <laughs> <laughs> it just it doesn't make a ton of sense but it's okay i'm okay with it every time they're in the practice yard all they think of is matt and his like whirling quarter staff they're like Fuck right? country guy right <laughs> it 
it is what it is. But I love that. We finally have our first encounter with the Aiel, and mm-hmm. I think that it's just really fun seeing Ruark again. And mm-hmm. we've got this kind of, I don't know, tense showdown where Julin also shows up. And so we've got Julin, the Aiel, Matt. And all three groups are looking at each other and sizing each other up and trying to kind of figure out, like, are we going to fight here? Mm-hmm. Why, like, what are we all doing here? Are we all doing the same thing right here? And it's really kind of comical how, like, <laughs> I mean, they're all on their way to essentially do the same thing. And so yeah. it's kind of like, are we... I guess we're not threats to each other, yeah. so we're going to yeah. go ahead and go our separate ways. This is the most peaceful, rapid allyship Yes, yes. of, like, a conquering of a place I think I've ever encountered anywhere where they're just like, oh, oh, you're going to go in there? I'm going in there, too. That's great. You go in there. I'll go in there. Good luck. Have a good life. Like Tips hat. <laughs> walks away. Yeah, like... Have, here's your fireworks back, by the way. Don't forget those. You'll need them. <laughs> yes. But also, I think this is something important to say with, like, Matt's level of forethought. Because he's like, you know what? Like, I can use these Aiel to my advantage. They're going to create a distraction for me. And I can just yep. waltz on in there as soon as I find a way in. Tatara, no, we have not talked about Leandrin yet. She, I don't think she's shown up yet in these chapters that we're covering. Does Leandrin show up in these chapters or is she just mentioned? I think she's just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think our two black sisters are Joya, Joya and, and Amiko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But let's see. I think we get this interaction between Matt and Julian, and I loved that. I loved that. Like, okay, so I just just a moment for Julian because compulsion only works on people like kind of weak willed, and he he's like, there's this tiny voice inside me that is telling me that if something is wrong. And I can't get it to go away, and I have to do this. And it's like, oh, oh, Julian, mm-hmm. you are a good guy. You are a good guy. And I mm-hmm. mean, the encounters that come up later on, like his, his shame and everything, like the yeah. fact that he's kind of alleviated of some of the guilt by Nynaeve, like mentioning that. Leandro you know, uses vile tricks. Exactly, exactly. Like, that that has to kind of like put him in a better place and especially since he's going to be coming up a lot more later on down the road like mm-hmm. knowing that this is the kind of guy who's going to be like well it all goes back to mother guena like she knew oh he my was gosh, someone right. that could be trusted and she spoke like very highly of him despite like <laughs> maybe them having a relationship of some sorts that didn't work out but i mean like romantically I love that. 
like seven degrees of Mother Gwena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Julian is like on a mission to make things right. And yeah. he was not going to let the slide. And he's Mm-mm. one person about ready to sneak into the Stone of Tear. And he's going to risk it all based on his moral code. So Yeah. Yeah. You said that perfectly. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I so I just wanted to like give a little like I might forget later how much I appreciate some of these characters more and rereading them and I mean these books are so dear to me. They just are. They've been a part of who I am for so long and it's just fun to be like I really like this about this character because it comes from a real place. It comes from someone's imagination and work and creativity. And I just I love it. Yeah. There's also that moment, I mean, in this chapter where Matt finally uses the fireworks that have been <laughs> literally and figuratively burning a hole in his pocket. And he crams, you know, all the fireworks in the arrow slit. <laughs> blows it up and he has a moment where he thinks do Mm -hmm. I go back for Julian or should I just Mm -hmm. keep going because Mm -hmm. time is of the essence and I'm just gonna go and Mm -hmm. Matt being no bloody hero decides that probably best if he goes alone but it doesn't matter because Julian follows him anyways and again like we were talking about Julian's character he could have let Matt go alone, but he didn't. Yep. Nope. He was like, by golly. Yep. The sound of thunder calls me. What has happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that. I think that Matt's decision-making process is really fun to go through with him because it's kind of one of those split-second se- decisions that you would make, but he kind of pulls it through and you get to see, like, how he makes decisions and I love how he's like gosh for some reason that arrow slits like bigger that's weird <laughs> well well golly that didn't look like it last time how did that happen <laughs> Matt Matt maybe he was just a little bit concussed from the blast okay I you know what I'll accept that I'll accept that because okay. otherwise it's just a little silly because come on Matt come on man but it's such a good moment. That is one of my very favorite moments in the whole series is Matt blowing up the Stone of Tear. Yeah, it's up one there. One country boy with a quarter staff and a bundle of fireworks that some woman gave to him because she rescued, yeah, he rescued her from certain death. Like, that's, that's how Matt gets there. One, <laughs> what is stronger, the entire Stone of Tear or one farm boy with a firework? <laughs> So, okay, I'm moving to Rand's point yes, of view yes, because okay, definitely. lots of stuff happening in this chapter. It's he so much. He hears the alarms from the assault on the Stone of Tear, and he's like, oh, I'm going to ignore those and just, you know, keep <laughs> hurrying my way towards Kalindor. And, oh, poor Rand. He's like, this like, is it. I'm going to finish it one way or another. I'm going to get it done. This will be the end of the story. <laughs> I mean... Ten books later, but <laughs> right, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see him with like this rictus grin on his face, like climbing up the stone of tear, like 
<laughs> fuck everything else. I don't care what's happening. Like, he's just like, at yeah. this point, Rand has got to be so fucking raw. You know what I mean? Like, barely sleeping, barely eating, constantly on the run, constantly under attack. Like, yeah. on his own, through the whole thing, worried about going insane. Am I the Dragon Reborn? Am I not the Dragon Reborn? And now he's like, do 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 <laughs> On a mission. Yeah. Here I go on the top of the Stone of Tear. Yep. Doing it. Doing it. You guys cannot stop me. This is happening. Yep. And I'm like, <gasps> like my heart races. I actually really like these little pieces, like the way it gets broken up like this. Like, in some ways, they're almost like adrenaline boosters. <laughs> like this like slap in the middle of what you're reading of like this big moment and it's like <gasps> that's all i get that's all i get that's all i get yeah it's like oh many okay, tiny fine. pieces yeah but, okay let's get to your girl Egwene's point of view because she is also <gasps> in the stone of tear and <clears throat> she wakes up and pardon my language but she is fucked up like, she can barely speak. That's how badly she and the other women were beaten. Yep. And they're all mm. three shielded from the source because, mm. is it Joya? I think Joya's outside. Joya is the one. Mm -hmm. Guarding their cell. Guarding their cell and shielding them. Mm -hmm. And Egwene's like, okay, how long have we been in here? It's probably been hours and mm -hmm. she's like thinking about how much time has passed and the fact mm -hmm. that they haven't brought food or anything for them and she's like we're just bait we're nothing like yeah they don't care about mm -hmm. us at all like they mm -hmm. don't even find us a threat really mm-hmm mm -hmm. can I ask you a question about that section sure so, Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve are said to be the strongest channelers to approach the tower in whoever knows how long. Long ass mm -hmm. time. But one, one unaided Aes Sedai is able to hold their shield. Just one? Yeah. Does that? It's, I mean... And the fact that this Joya hasn't even figured how to, like, tie off a weave. Like, she has to physically be yeah. there to do it. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Joya, I don't, see, we, I'm trying to, I'm, like, rubbing my face right now vigorously. It's, we talk a lot about the Forsaken and the, Black Aja and Dark Friends not mm -hmm. being very competent and it really mm -hmm. shines through in mm -hmm. this book, specifically these last few chapters, mm -hmm. but I don't know. It is what it is. You cannot convince me that the Nynaeve, and this is TV show related, that the Nynaeve that they show in the first season, who blazes like the sun would be able to be held down by one member of the Black Aja while also holding a shield on two other extremely powerful channelers. Like, at yeah. this point, Queen's abilities have been pushed, pushed, pushed. Like, she never got a chance to just kind of slowly grow into her powers, so she's already, like, 
-hmm. She is a force to be reckoned with by herself. Get an angry naive in there and Adelaide onto it. She should have been fucking destroyed. She she should have been fucking destroyed. There should have been no way that shield would have helped. That would have been so much fun. Them thinking that like one person could hold the three of them and the three of them being like, fuck that ladies, let's link. Mm -hmm. That would have been so much fun. Yeah, I'm not sure what the magic system entails when three people are being shielded. Are they even able to link after that? Mm, I mean... I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I think you would have to be able to... Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, 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 but regardless, (laughs) like, if it was more than one person... Mm-hmm. shielding them, then I don't think that when Egwene goes in to tell her on Riode, she would have a chance, you know? Oh, yeah, good point, good point, yeah. So they had they to definitely... dumb it down for the sake of <laughs> this More battle in Teleron Riode. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, if that's the end result, I'm for it. I'm for it, that's fine. <laughs> good, good, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad we come to that. <laughs> It just really bugged me reading it. I was like, no. Nope. (laughs) Okay, so another thing that Egwene has realized is that her stone ring is still in its satchel. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm -hmm. she's like, they didn't even search us. Like, they think that we are totally worthless. Nothing but bait. Nothing but bait. And I mean... To put it nicely, Egwene is like, she is on a mission for blood, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, this is <laughs> dark Egwene. Like, she's <laughs> ready to find Joya Byer and just beat the brakes off of her in the world of dreams. Yep. And I think Nynaeve is even like, what if you run into them in the world of dreams? And Egwene is like, oh, I fucking hope I do because I'm yes. going to beat the snot out of them. Yes. And she's, like, on a mission. (laughs) So she goes Uh, into Teleron Riode, and she shields and binds Joya. uh Uh-huh. And I believe that after that is done, Egwene remembers the weaves that they used on her inside of Mother Quena's shop. Because yep. she, you know, she's that quick. She sees a weave and she can remember it and yep. redo it. And after she has Joya shielded, she's mm-hmm. now using those same pain-inflicting weaves that they yep. used on her back at Joya. So, um, and she does think to herself, like, I could beat her as hardly as they beat me, but... I'm better than that. Yeah, I I like that they let her dip into it, though. You know? Like, maybe she had to do that to know that she wasn't that person. Because, I mean, fucking Egwene keeps getting captured, beaten, enslaved. Like, she has been roughed up ever since she left the Two Rivers. Like, to have a moment with one of the the people who has brought her physical pain and then have retribution around it, 
and then be like, nope, that's, you know what? No, mm-mm. that's yeah. not the way. I think that's one of the reasons why Egwene is such a hard character for me to like, though, because I don't, okay, here's, we're going to talk like Arya Stark for a second. Like so many people think <laughs> that she is just the coolest character, which mm-hmm. that's totally fine. She's a cool character. Yeah. But she is a homicidal child with a vendetta of killing <laughs> every person that's pretty much wronged her. Like, yeah, she's got a nighttime list of people she wants to murder. There's nothing left inside of Arya that is really a good person anymore. Like That's true. She's a murderer, but people mm-hmm. are like, fucking love me some Arya Stark. Totally fine. Totally yeah. fine. But it's kind of the same thing with Egwene. Like, it's really hard, I think, to write a character like Egwene where she's not very loyal to her friends. She is kind of focused on herself. And, again, that's totally fine. Not really my jam as far as, like, favorite characters to go. (laughs) But she... I think there's more to her than just being like pissed off, angry and out for Mm -hmm. herself. And I really hope that and I think this is what's going to happen is I think that they're going to kind of give her more. And I think that that relationship between Egwene and the place that she came from and the people that Mm -hmm. she came with Mm -hmm. are going to be much more important to her. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think Show Egwene is going to be that quick to forsake her friends. Mm. I like that. I like that. I think that's one of the other things I like about the show is we can, like, change them around and give them aspects that round them out as characters that we want to relate to more, I think. And I think it's nice that it's, like, kind of a young woman role, too. You know, like, I feel as though the age range for this, this show is good. I feel the same way about the book series, though, too. Like, yeah, you're like 15, 16. You yeah. can enjoy the book. And I think, too, like, it, we don't have to make, I'm doing, like, air quotes, like, stereotypical, strong female characters by literally making them homicidal maniacs. You right. Know? Like, we I can be strong with without being... Yep bloodthirsty so yeah yeah and i think that's that's why i like that a queen just like drops that one weave is like you know what i'm gonna leave you bound helpless that's still pretty terrible i wouldn't like it but i'm not gonna beat you in the process because that's just not how i do things and then she's like and then she's mad at herself for like taking the time to do that while her friends were waiting in a cell for her to come help them and she's just like damn it me <laughs> get to the fucking cells go go Egwene. yeah yeah okay let's let's okay. jump to Perrin's point of view now please I'm ready he is okay. also in the stone of tear but he is there via Teleronriod via the wolf dream and mm-hmm. him and Hopper are doing their best search for Fayil mm-hmm. and I mean, he's been fighting guards, too, and they're all like, holy shit, what the fuck, a wolf? (laughs) 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 And I think that's really funny. 
And so he's using his emotional support hammer to break open locks like they are splinters. And he eventually finds Fail. And just uh. the description of Fail is mm-hmm. very, like, I, I guess, like, reading this, it really affected me for some reason because... Her entire, she's like naked, right? Lying on this like stone slab, but her entire body is covered in chains. Like she has Mm -hmm. lengths of chain like wrapped around her Mm -hmm. and she's all locked up. And I'm like, man, that's like, that's just a brutal image. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And naked underneath it too. Mm -hmm. Like to add to the the level of vulnerability in the moment for her. Like, yeah. Sometimes nudity has its place, and I feel like this is one where it's, you know, well used, really. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and thank God, like, it's written how it's written because it's not like Perrin being like, you know, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> the length of chains <laughs> heaved over her. <laughs> yes. Bosoms. 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 Agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> so I think we end up with the first time that she calls him Perrin and he calls him Fail because up until this moment it had just been blacksmith mm-hmm. or I don't Zareen. remember. Oh, yeah, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. what she calls him, like Oh, farm boy. Farm boy, blacksmith. blacksmith. Yeah. There's probably Woolhead in there somewhere or something close to it, I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was a tender, tender moment between the two. And mm-hmm. she's like, I just knew, like, in my dream, like, I knew in the back of my head, I knew you would come. I knew you would fight for me. I knew you would come to save me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, see how much nicer this is than mm-hmm. hurling insults. <laughs> so let's move back to Matt, if you want. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why not? Ah, <laughs> this Matt. is this is where he's going toe to toe with one of the high lords of Tear, Darlin. Yeah, and the Darlin, the yeah. high lord Dar- Darlin. Darlin. Yeah, I love that the the observation is for once Matt was too busy to put a price on anything. <laughs> oh, stakes must be high. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this guy is close to besting Matt, and even Julian is like, "Nah, man, you got you can go ahead and fight him. Like, I'm good yeah. over here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not trying to get myself killed." And yeah. I had to look this guy up. And since this, I think we're gonna do full spoilers today because some of the stuff we've been talking about is yeah, mm-hmm. very spoilery, but. This Darlin actually mm-hmm. ends up becoming the main dude from Tyr, who is like the Tyran lord who is fighting in Tarman Gaiden. Like he's the okay. one who's the head I... of the Tyran legion, I guess, army. I don't know. Does he become like high king, high lord? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's Thank the you, one I put in charge that. of Tyr after Rand, like, dips out, I think. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or else, like, Rand makes... Because doesn't he also end up marrying that one lady from Kyrian, too? Like, it kind of makes, like, an alliance between Tyr and... No. Camelin. Nope. It is Kyrian. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't remember I, that part, but... Yeah, I, I'm I, pretty I, sure he ends up having a thing for some Kyrian noble who is potentially a relative... I think she's a Domadrad. And so they end up, like, having some sort of alliance or something. I don't remember fully because, you know, that was forever ago that I read that. But. but yeah, so this guy is pretty much... I want to say, like, twi- maybe twice as good as Galad and Gawain together mm-hmm. because it's this is, like, high stakes for Matt. And he is at the point where Matt's about ready to kind of lose. And then mm-hmm. he has kind of, like, a swinging fury of good luck attacks mm-hmm. <laughs> where I can just picture Matt like with his eyes closed you know like boom 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 <laughs> and then like totally lucky and he knocks this dude unconscious and yep I think Matt and Julen like make out like bandits after that to try and get well, to they do but before that happens Matt ends up like just swinging his quarter staff up onto his shoulder and knocking out another high lord who is about to attack him <laughs> very important <laughs> like the like every single scene he's in this this whole thing i'm just so entertained it's so good yeah yeah i think this is a really I don't know, it's a fun part just because we get to see and compare, like, how the, I keep saying kids, but they are, how these kids' fighting abilities have kind of leveled up. I mean, (laughs) we see it from Egwene because, obviously, like, with her time with the Shan Chen, she learned all of these tricks with weaves now, and then being caught by the black aja she's learned all of these weaves from them now so like now she's got like a small arsenal of tricks up her sleeve and matt has become increasingly more and more lucky as time has gone on and it's even kind of playing out in terms of fighting ability now like before it was just like winning dice throws but now he's like knocking people out with his quarter staff Mm-hmm. seemingly like on accident not even trying right like so oh well that worked that worked yeah how about that let's go find those cells let's go yeah <laughs> let's go not so, they go let's do you do you want to move on to the next chapter i mean i think we should we're we're at eleven thirty six right now yeah so I just wanted to check in with you. How are you feeling on time? Do we want to be like a... Let's keep rolling, trucking on through. I'm, I'm for it. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> so this is the Rand chapter, like the the bigger chunk of this part. It all, it all leads to this moment. It's yeah. so good. Okay, I'm glad you think it's so good. <laughs> I think I think for like a wrap up for this, I think it's so good. Like, could it be better? Yes. 
Okay. But it's so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's satisfying, but it's not like, it's not elevated. Yeah, you know this I mean? is yeah, this is where Rand finally lays eyes on Kalendor IRL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> mm-hmm. there's this other dude in there who we learn later is Bilal and mm-hmm. this guy keeps calling Rand Luce Theron and Ken Slayer and Right. Rand is All like All the names. Yeah. He's like, You captured my friends. And Rand wants his name, and I'm pretty sure I'm okay. I might be, I might be wrong, but I think this in this chapter isn't Rand like I fought Shaitan, I fought the Lord of the Dark, and Mm -hmm. I can do it again. And Bilal is like, you idiot! Like you think. That your fight with Ishamael was mm-hmm. you fighting the mm-hmm. dark one. Oh, mm-hmm. cringe! It is. Cringe. Yes, it's it's right at the beginning. Do you believe you can frighten me so easily? Forsaken Balzamon himself has hunted me. Do you think I will cower now for you? Grovel before Forsaken when I've denied the dark one to his face. Yeah, to his face, Bilal, and Bilal is like you. Can you just, I mean, I can picture Bilal, like, snort laughing, like, like, hold on, let's stop this argument for a second so that I can catch my breath. My breath, exactly. Like, I cannot believe, okay, kiddo, all right, whatever, this is going to be a walk in the park. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if you remember, but earlier on, at the beginning of this episode somewhere, I said that (laughs) there's something about... Rand in this chapter, and you know how in the Great Hunt, he's like a, a blade master, and he fights High Lord Turok and wins, yeah. and we're like, "Fuck yeah, Rand, the Sword Master!" It totally dawned on me as I was reading this, and he's fighting Bilal with, I guess, his weird sword that he right makes. fire sword. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's totally normal. Nothing to see here. <laughs> but when he's fighting Bilal, he's like, oh, oh, like everything that I have done up until now was child's play. And now like this is a real blade master. This is what yeah. a real blade master is. So. Yeah. We had been talking a lot in the past year about how the hell is Rand going to become a Blade Master in time for his fight with High Lord Turok. I would like to propose that High Lord Turok was not even a real deal Blade Master. Like maybe he's just like an honorary Ooh. Blade Master and not even that good because. Um, is he a mediocre Blade Master? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, which pains me okay. to say because I love High Lord Turok. Sorry, High right, Lord Zatara, so cover your ears. You yeah, know. yeah. Apologies. Yeah, apologies, but I think... Fashion if, sense, though. Yeah, if we go to season two for The Wheel of Time, maybe that's mm-hmm. how they do it mm-hmm. because he hasn't really had any land training, so maybe High Lord Turok just isn't a blade master. Oh my gosh, that would, I mean, wow, what an easy solution. 
right? Who would have thought? I love that. You're so smart. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bilal. Yeah. You did something, I mean, interesting. You're no longer Bilal the Boring. <laughs> it took long enough. It took long enough, Bilal. Tatara said, I will just take that as High Lord Turok was on too much cough in that moment. <laughs> Can't beat Tabiran. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I do like this side mm-hmm. of Moraine kind of just, like, busting through the doors, and she's like... Yes. Oh, hey, what's up? Balefire mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just love Balefire Moraine, but mm-hmm. at the same time, this chapter is a little bit anticlimactic for me. And yeah. it's just weird. Like, the endings yeah. of the first three books are weird, and the way that the fighting goes down feels somewhat, like, metaphysical. Mm-hmm. And here it's mm-hmm. actually physical, but they're fighting with one power swords, which is just really mm-hmm. weird. It's like lightsabers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, him seizing Kalendor, which is pretty cool like Mm -hmm. i think that's the thing in the show that's going to be really interesting to see Mm -hmm. i was just looking over that part with like maureen coming in and taking him out i think but alzaman shows up and he's like boo and then like jumps through (laughs) a metaphysical door into teleron road and rand is like i'm gonna do the same thing (laughs) it's like yeah anything you can do i can do better it's so comical it's so comical i think of like come on now i think of like calvin and Hobbes, and like (laughs) them just like i'm just gonna draw like a chalk outline of a door Mm -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. wall and then open it and walk through it (laughs) Mm -hmm. away i go kind of goofy it is and i think the other thing about it is again it's another pattern type thing like, we have the, oh, we took out the Forsaken, that was, like, the big bad of this section, or whatever force it was, because, like, in book two, it's the, the Shan-Chan, and here it's the Forsaken and Tear. but then, of course, Balls, it's me! <laughs> yeah. Balsamon. Yeah. He kind of, like... Always appears oh, in like okay, of a... course you showed up. <laughs> in, like, a dark cloud as well. It's, right? It's kind of goofy. I do, I think that the execution of Baal, quote-unquote, Baal Zaman in this one was my favorite among them so far. (laughs) I don't have a favorite. He's, like, levitating. I just, can't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, among our options, this is the top one. It's It's the black lines around him that rand like severs i like that imagery of there being a severing to the dark one in the protection that he had been getting and then the physical stab to the physical body that is not balzman but somehow everyone's kind of convinced themselves not everyone a lot of people have convinced themselves the dark one is dead not true guys yeah it's 
Okay. Just, okay, like Tatara said here in chat, the execution is so weird, I didn't even know if he died. And I feel like <laughs> that's how I am. I'm sitting in that camp where it's like, make things a little bit more clear because uh -huh. these, you know, lights and smoke and fire swords and magic doorways are just, it's strange. There's no fight, like, finality to it yeah yeah maybe but also i think it's just me not being able to kind of like fully understand what's happening and it's kind of annoying not knowing mm -hmm. but for sure i mean this yeah. is a common criticism of the first two books as well mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, I'm glad that things start to change up a bit, that, like, we get a more varied, I mean, it has to, our cast of characters just is, like, about to explode, so there's so many directions that we get to take coming up, and, you know, I'm really proud of anybody who gets all the way through these books. It's a hefty read, and I think it's totally worth it, but there are definitely things where I'm like, wow, we had to get through all of that to get to this. Speaking of all the things we have to get through, we still have right. a Wayne point of view, Matt point of view, oh Karen point of view, Rand point of view before this chapter is noon. over. Yeah. Oh, okay, how fast can we do this? Let's ah. do it. So, Matt okay. and Julian, no, Egwene, Egwene. Mm -hmm she's feeling the stone pretty much, like, shake beneath her, right? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. And she is in the process of, like, breaking the lock. Mm-hmm. She's hurrying towards the cells. But since she's in Teleronriod, like, things are wrong and i think she realizes like okay like i've gotta get my shit together so yeah. yeah she sees some like flickerings of shapes and it's amiko mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. is in the real world mm -hmm. drifting off to sleep <laughs> <laughs> while holding a dream tarangriel mm -hmm. so Egwene cuts her off from the source and I think ties her up with flows trapping okay. her in Teleron yeah. Riode. Yep. So yeah. it gets a little weird and that's okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah. So eventually let me see here. I have to think what happens in this moment. Oh, so after this, she wakes up and okay. When Egwene wakes up, she's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm bruised everywhere. But they also realize that they still can't channel. Like, the shield isn't the same as it had been, but they still can't break through it either. So okay, it and like, then they hear someone scream outside, and well, that had, that had happened. That had happened before Egwene woke up. Amiko had, had screamed before... Um, Aguine tied her up with air and like made a gag for her mouth and then woke up from Teleron Riode. Okay, so regardless, right? Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> it's a really confusing <laughs> setup because so many different things happen. She goes to sleep, she wakes up, she goes to sleep, she wakes yeah, up. Yeah, so she's in I mean, Riode, she's not, yeah, it's so everywhere. It, it ends with her going to sleep again and 
thinking, yep. like, I got to mm-hmm. try this once more. Then yeah. we moved to Matt, and <laughs> we finally got Poor to the Matt. prison cells, and he sees a young woman on a bench besides the cell looking half yep. asleep. Yep. Now we see it's Amiko, and surprise, Egwene, Elena, Nynaeve have all been captured, and Matt takes the key that's hanging on Amiko's belt, mm-hmm. saves them. The girls don't care. They're like, what the <laughs> F are you doing here, Matram Cawthon? And Jul- Julin is also there, and they're all like, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. But I think they're like, okay, well, he came, and he was genuinely, like, upset at what happened because Leandrin has vile tricks, and... They all mm-hmm. leave. And I think Nynaeve punches Amiko on the way out, which, <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> so Perrin and Hopper still in Teleron Riyad? Yes, but I think this is the last one. Okay. And this is when they find, like, the, the door. Like, he's had several false rescues and this one they come to like that great big door that has the teeny tiny falcons like like put into the bronze doors and he ends up like hitting it it's really like mario brothers where it's like i'm sorry boy fail is in the other castle castle (laughs) yeah he has to find pipes for like (laughs) it's this emotional support pipe (laughs) (laughs) oh Perrin the path you are taking this episode (laughs) but yeah poor Perrin like he gets he gets through that doorway and he is under attack from like this swarm of falcons and this imagery of ripping talons and beaks and blood pouring and him just like reaching out for that little chain around the falcon's ankle do falcons have ankles? <laughs> dainty little falcon ankles yes <laughs> yeah the know. little hedgehog trap <laughs> he breaks it i would say and everything's fine he does wake up fail wakes up but he's pretty fucked up like mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. like and I, I this moment is so like it actually is tender. I I like it. I no, like this. it is. It's it's fine. It's it's well done. Good. I'm I'm glad. I like that one. I'm like, okay, this is this is a little love story I can get behind. Like, I get it. This is Okay. Cool. Since we talked about how Rand pretty much eventually goes through the secret doorway and Oh yeah, that's yeah. that we can skip this part because we kind of already covered it with Perfect. Rand's point of view. Yeah. But the yeah. next chapter, People of the Dragon, I really, <laughs> really, really like this because <laughs> there's that moment with Moraine and she's uh-huh. kind of like contemplating things. And it's like this whole time when you were doing all of your studies, you never once thought that maybe the People of the Dragon might be the Aiel. Not once. Not not a once. Okay. Not All right. Like, Moraine's got stuff to do. I understand that. But, like, maybe Varen should be someone that, you know, has a mm-hmm. clue. 
No. Mm. Nobody has a clue, apparently. No one in the whole world. That is a good point. Yeah. Like, yeah. why Why aren't any of them aware that that might even be a thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, that can't possibly be Rand and Tyr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can't be him. That's not even possible. Mm-hmm. But all the people in Tyr have been having dreams of yep. Baal Zaman. Mm-hmm. And the way that Rourke, like, tells that they are the people of the dragon, that the Aiel are the people of the dragon. I really like how it's done. Like the reveal of the tattoo mm-hmm. and the I'm not supposed to be speaking of this, but this is prophecy unfolding. Like this would have been fun from a Rourke point of view as well. Like just even this moment, like that yeah. hesitancy of yeah. revealing a secret. Mm-hmm. I think that this is really well done because then Maureen has that moment where she's like, oh my gosh. You guys, it's you guys. You are mm-hmm. the people of the dragon. I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to her credit, she's been pretty busy, like, tracking yeah. these kids around for how many books. Right, yeah, yeah. She's got a lot on her mind. Mm-hmm. She does not have time to think of all of the many different people out there that could be the people of the dragon, you know? Yeah, I think that with these, like, endings to this ending to this chapter really like doesn't it end up with Berlaine coming in with a tiny piece of paper for Moraine and she's like yeah delivering letters is beneath my position I don't know what's come over me but here's your mail you know (laughs) special delivery and it's from Lanfear which is funny because up until that point like everyone's like oh it's all over you know like we've won and the three women Nynaeve, Egwene, Elaine are like it's not over the black Aja is still at large and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're on a mission and I think Matt's like what the hell has got into you guys (laughs) like what is wrong with you (laughs) no 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 he's like can we I just want to go back and uh Raise sheep with my dad. Yeah, that's all he wants. Go yep. back to the two rivers. Maybe get a fancy coat or two. Yeah, and off he goes. And then Moraine is like, "Okay, well, this letter is from it's signed from <laughs> Lanfear, so like clearly, the story is not over. It's not done. Mm-hmm. Well, and doesn't doesn't Matt like say yeah? And Shaitan Shaitan is dead. <laughs> yeah, Moraine's like, oh, Shaitan has a body. Like, you right? Think, you, think you think so? That was him? You think so, Matt? Really? Do you <laughs> want to back that up? Because uh, no, I I am curious, and I don't want to push it for too long. But uh, it is it is that spoiler thing. You know what? We'll be talking about this at another point. I'm just thinking about like. Baal Zaman, quote unquote, return as Morden later on. And I actually really like it. Yeah, I do too. I wouldn't be mad if they, if he's reborn and no one mm-hmm. else's. Because Ooh, I feel that like. That would be so good. Yeah. Yeah. If they're going to do a, a rebirth, just do Morden and like no one, one else. Yeah. Yeah. There can yeah, only I be mean... one Highlander. Sorry. Exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Don't be sorry. <laughs> that should be it. Like, there's only supposed to be 
one nameless. You know? So why does the Dark One keep bringing back people who are basically useless for the rest of the series? Like, how useful is any single character that got brought brought back to life? Other than Morden, you know? None, really. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of like that we get... We get a rebirth of Randolph Thor, loose there in Kinslayer as a young man, and we get a rebirth of Shamael, whatever his name used to be, as Morden, also into a young man. Like, they're both mm-hmm. in bodies that neither one of them had possessed in the Age of Legends, and it, that affects Rand. I have to wonder if it doesn't also, like, affect Morden in different ways, too. This is true. I think I could talk about that for a while, actually. So <laughs> you should just, like, tell me to shut up. <laughs> shut up, Tracy. No. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. The other thing in this chapter, yeah. I would say, is, like, Rand being, like, I am Randolph Thor. I am the Dragon Reborn. And then, right. you know, like, we have that narration part where it's, like, in the city of Tyr, people are talking about their dreams that they had of the Dragon Reborn battling Baalzaman, and, you know, people are heard proclaiming Rand as a Dragon Reborn, and there's that whole, you know, people outside crying his name, the Dragon yep. Reborn, Althor, the Dragon, Althor. Right. Which I think is just a really fun ending. Like, I it agree. gave me that kind of little, like, goosebumps moments where I'm like, okay, like, it was a fine ending. It was a mm-hmm. fine ending. I agree. I agree. It's like, there was, there was enough action and potential for real danger, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And shifts and things that just made it really enjoyable things to think about, especially on a reread. Like, there's so many pieces here that are going to break off into what's coming up next. And I can't help but, like, have my brain trying to race through, like, all of these connections that we're facing at the end of this book. And just to have it be like, no, 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 don't think about that. Don't think about that. The dragon has been reborn. People are rejoicing. There's cheering and, you know, like there's hope in the air. Like just let it rest there for a minute and enjoy it. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves with the next question. Are we starting the Shadow Rising right away or are we doing something else? I don't know. I mean, I, I would gladly pick up the shadow rising immediately but i also like if you have something that you want to do well i'm just how about we we wait till friday and see if there's any announcement on tv stuff and then put our heads together and figure it out from there that's a good idea we do have our ticket for watching the the panel the wheel of time panel i'm excited i'm excited Tatara, there hasn't been an announcement yet, but there could be at this panel, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a possibility. There wasn't last year, but I'll need some time to think because if they do yeah. announce a date or something, I definitely don't want to be, I don't know how much of the Shadow Rising we could get through before the show starts. I mean, I guess well, it doesn't matter, but. But I mean, I'm totally fine with waiting until Friday. I mean, that's like tomorrow. 
So. <laughs> <The truth. laughs> uh. I, we read fast. We've yeah. read this before. So even if like there is stuff and, you know, I think we could do it, but I really would love to like see what happens tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.